Welcome to the Two Mutts Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. <laughs> Rick White, here's Radulov with a kiss. Scores! One timer, scores! Perry scores! Corey Perry! Here's Drysdale again, turns, shoots, scores! Austin Matthews in shoots, Austin Matthews! Schultz ahead, Crosby onside, behind the fence towards the net, he scores! Back across, fired, score! Crosby again! Tames with a shot, he scores! Tames shoves it front, they score! Jonathan Tames ties it! Look at that! Are you watching this? What a brilliant piece of work from Connor McDavid! Wow. Welcome back to the Two Months Podcast, presented by Shattified Salon and Barbershop. I am your host, Joshua Marshall. I'm with Clay Vanderham. Vandy, how's it going? Oh. Well, it's been considering like a month and a half, two months since we've done a podcast. Vandy is magnificently dandy yeah, tonight. That's good. That's good to good. see you, boys. Yes. Well, a lot of news, a lot of catch-up we got to work on here. Oh, yeah. Lots lots to get to. Lots to get to. And we got Brody McIntyre. Broads, how's it going? It's going great, buddy. Out of COVID jail. I was back on ice with the kids today, so no complaints. Buddy, life's pretty good. That's good. That's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, can't complain. I guess you know, uh, see how things go here. Uh, you know, feeling a bit uh, stuffed up, but uh, yeah, I'll get a test done hopefully and see what all where what comes of it. But overall, I feel okay and we get through it as we always do. So you know, you gotta go blow the schnoz. Just let us know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Brody and I'll take it, it over. Put it on mute. <laughs> so. Uh, on today's episode, we have Kelly Rudy. Uh, obviously, with uh, Bell, let's talk day is uh, is, is uh, on the eve of it. So when this episode gets released, that'll be Bell, let's talk day. Um, obviously, with uh, you know Kelly works for Roger Sportsnet, but at the end of the day, it, all parties come together for a great cause, and uh, Bell Media has helped us out on our uh, podcast, and so has Rogers uh, Sportsnet. So. You know, Kelly came on and we had a good uh, about 40 minute discussion about mental health, uh, you know, where things are at with him and, you know, the progression and, and ending that stigma. Uh, so kind of open up things there, I guess, you know, Vandy will throw to you. Uh, what's the Bell Let's Talk Day? How much does that day mean to you? Uh, you know, the conversation about mental health, uh, you know, uh, thoughts on that with you and how much it well, means to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I to me, it means more now as we're coming out of this and we've talked about it coming out of all the bs and and whatnot um i mean it, it always kind of i don't know what the word is triggered uh, um emotion i guess and you you really during that day even though it, it every day we all battle with it you're you know but you think about it more how can you be better how can you help you know friends make sure you ask question that kind of thing you know like if if you see somebody down or or you know learn to have that conversation with people instead of just having a chat yes. if that makes any sense um but i you know i like i say i would say it makes it means more now than it does than it might have maybe a couple of years ago yeah i would say that um you know part of what we talked about with uh, kelly is you know, for me in construction and you're in that kind of industry too, uh, Vandy and, you know, Broger and in the real estate industry too, it doesn't matter. We're all the same in that aspect where, you know, mental health is, 
you know, more talked about. It's more common now in construction. We probably didn't talk about it 10 years ago. And uh, Vandy, uh, great words there. Broads, your thoughts on, you know, mental health and the importance of Bell Let's Talk Day. It's a pretty unbelievable initiative, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Like you're raising so much money, so much awareness. It means a lot to me. I've got family members, obviously, that struggle with it. And my wife struggles with it. Uh, so, yeah, it means a... Uh, a ton, right? Just getting more awareness. It's definitely not, it's talked about a heck of a lot more now. So it's, it's really important that we continue moving this forward and make ending that stigma. So it's just like a broken ankle, right? you got to get it fixed, get it fixed and you can certainly help yourself and get off the bed and get moving and get going again. Yeah. So it means a lot to me based on the fact that my wife has it, struggles with it. And it's a daily battle for her. Uh, Some days are good. Some days are bad, but she keeps getting up. So I'm proud of her. Yeah, no, it's uh, very proud of her and everyone else. And, uh, you know, I fight it. I'm going through some shit right now. But, uh, you know, losing someone that I uh, that I was very close with in my life and things just kind of out of nowhere just change real quick. And so it's this uh, someone that makes you very happy. But hopefully, uh, you know, they're going through some stuff and, and hopefully they get better and, uh, you know, things can uh, be better on the other, other other side of it. But uh, right now it's, you know, everyone's in their own way, whether they want to talk about it, open up about it, you know, it's it's up to them. And you don't want to ever push anyone into talking about it. But, you know, you're there to support when they do need that that conversation to happen. And, you know, I think it's uh, I think it's very important. Couple Koskin, and I heard uh, Kelly Rudy talking about him. And we had some good heat end this interview we'll tee up that soon but he did have some oh, okay. comments on this tonight's interview so go ahead he's right right they talk about like that guy is stressed to the nines it's anxiety be through the roof and then he comes out and is, wins a hockey game for the oilers like that's yeah. that takes a big set of kahunas and have your brain in a and he, mental good space that's incredible yeah. what he did i thought oh and he fought like he fought hard that game he was excellent battling so but like kelly said i don't want to ruin it but he had some good comments uh you know, in the obviously on the broadcast, but in this interview that we're just about to hear, um, is really good. So, man, I love Kelly. Yeah, he's, he's a, the best. Yeah, he's probably my all time favorite interview on yeah. this. Yeah, you know, no offense to all the guests we've yeah. had, but man, I was, that was crying. Fun. Yeah, yeah, he was, he's a beauty, man. Yeah, yeah, all our guests are beauties. Bro. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll tie, we'll send it to our interview with Kelly Rudy now, and uh, you know we'll be back later this week uh, with some more episodes. But uh, you know, finish up on that and big Oilers game tonight. So gear up for that. And... Let's get going. Two a week. Yeah, we will. Yeah. We will. We will. Yes. So. I can only talk to my kids about hockey for yeah. so long, and then yeah. they start going. Yeah. Uh, does it have a skin? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So. All right. Well, uh, yeah, some good NFL games there, too. It was nice to see. But uh, we'll uh, head to our interview with Kelly Rudy right now. (laughs) Our next guest played 677 games in the NHL for the New York Islanders, the Los Angeles Kings, and the San Jose Sharks. He's also a current hockey analyst on Roger Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada. We like to welcome back to the Two Months podcast, Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how's it going? Well, Joshua and Jake, I, I noticed the More Good Days uh, t-shirt. Thanks, Joshua. Welcome, buddy. I have one of the hoodies. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. So, uh, no, it's uh, it's obviously a great cause. Uh, yeah. you know, as, uh, as soon as your daughter and uh, 
and your uh, son-in-law posted that up. We got behind and ordered some swag. So it's... Uh, yeah, I know that. <laughs> it's yeah. gone really well for them. And I think it's uh, for a couple of reasons that most of us can relate, right? Um, we're all trying to have more good days than bad. And uh, we will have some bad days, but we know also around the corner, we can have some good days. And so uh, the timing of this conversation is just perfect with uh, Bell Let's Talk tomorrow and my good friend, Michael Landsberg and what he's done with that whole program is just phenomenal. Yeah, correct. And it's great because, you know, as people say, yeah, you work for Rogers and there's Bell, but you know, at the end of the day for a cause like this, we all come together, right? And that's, yeah. the, com that's the common thing and the great things we yep. can do. Uh, great time for this and this. Anyone listening, this episode is going to be all about mental health and what we're going through and ways to get through. And, you know, one of the things I love that you do, Kelly, is those videos you post on Instagram. They're about two minutes long and they're little good clips and they kind of remind you of, you know, taking a taking a step back and, you know, some breathing exercises. And mm -hmm. I love it a lot. And, uh, you know, you had one just recently, not too long ago, I think it was in December, about, you know, stuff that's been triggered and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. uh, you get triggered you know i was triggered just uh, over the christmas break and you and i were kind of talking and you know it's, okay, yeah. yeah so i want to touch on that kelly we'll start there before i throw it to jake and his, his segment but uh you know how have you been doing how have things been you know coming out of uh you know the christmas break and new year's and and how's kelly doing well thanks for asking i'm actually doing really really well so uh i went through a stretch um yeah, I can't remember when I posted that, maybe early December, where I had been going through a stretch where I started to get triggered, and I hadn't uh, ever been triggered in my life until about uh, three, four days before the start of the NHL season this year, and uh, I know what triggered that, and I'm usually quite aware when something may be happening, but anyways, I then I went through a stretch where before I did that video, I was probably, I don't know, four or five times in about a two week stretch. And so uh, at that point, I knew I had to go see the person helping me with my mental health. And we had a nice chat about that and what I can do. Uh, I also, as you might remember, Joshua and Jake in my uh, last video, uh, I reminded myself what I used to go through uh, when I was a player back in 92, 93, which at the time I didn't know was mental health related, but I had this little index card and I laminated it and I had four points on there. And so I now carry a laminated little card with me in my wallet everywhere I go. And this, I think, has six points. And uh, it's interesting how it's changed a little bit, right? Like breathe is still number one for me. And then some other points. And the last one is, um, this is what the person helping me with my mental health uh, reminded me and kind of taught me again, is that I deserve this success because I was, it was chipping away at me and I was kind of, what did I say on the weekend is that uh, uh, imposter syndrome and uh, yeah. I'd heard about it and I kind of had that I was going down that road a little bit and uh, so I really needed to stay on top of it but anyways fast forward I'm doing really really well now I will have some travel coming up again and that kind of gets me a little bit so I'm gonna have to uh, pay attention to that but all in all um, I'm just uh, it makes it it's also Guys, it's really comforting for me to do those videos and they're they're raw and I'm a little bit vulnerable, I suppose, but I love the connection I get with uh, so many people on social media. Like it, it's amazing how many people reach out to me and uh, people I've never met, but people are going through similar things and it feels like it brings our whole community together that we're all in it together. 
Yeah, correct. And that's kind of how you and I connected and mm. you know, those videos and you being yeah. an advocate for mental health and then me going through the struggles I've gone through. It's, you know, it's definitely helped me out. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity that Jake's given me at work to, we have a program at work called the uh, IIF program. It's uh, uh-huh. injury incident free and it's building relationships. It's in, in, you know, letting people trust you and come to you and talk to you about things that are going on. And Jake's given me this opportunity to take over this role wow. coming into the new year. And yeah, it's amazing. And I, I can't thank him enough. I can't think of the people enough to support. And you're one of the big supporters of that too, Kelly. Just, you know, it helps you talk about things. You get, And you're right. You, We stand in a lunchroom full of people. and We talk about things going on in our life. And yes, you are vulnerable to it. But, you know, it also gives you comfort in a level where, you know, mm-hmm. people you trust you and it, and it brings you together. So, uh, yes. so thank you for that. And, you know, I, lo- I love the videos a lot. And, you know, it's, it's good to connect and it's good to, you know, talk about these things and, you know, and as we're texting coming into this interview and we're Jake, Jake and I are in construction and, you know, 10 years ago, mental health probably wasn't ever talked about at a construction site. No, no, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now it is. And we've had some safety meetings on it at work and we had some listening tours with the guys and, and the women in the, in the field. So, so it's been really good. Um, I'll transition over to Jake. He wants to talk about the Miko Koskinen, uh, you know, stuff that you had on Hockey Night Canada. Uh, so I'll throw to you, Jake. Uh, take take it away. Yeah, just briefly, you know, um, I kind of go to the, the Hockey Night in Canada stuff real quick. But I think what you guys are touching on is amazing. And, and we talk even in construction, you talk about we don't we don't talk about our mental health. And right. maybe people don't even realize what it is, but kind of what you're even saying, like the imposter syndrome. But it's like, you know, saying death, death by a thousand cuts. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter where the cut comes from. It's sometimes it's in you, oh, oh. something, how somebody looks at you, said something. And I think even nowadays, the challenge with social media, with all the, all the avenues of where it's coming from, I think uh, Josh and I here at work, it's amazing. You know, you talk about rough, tough construction guys or even hockey sure. players, yeah. but it's amazing how sensitive we are. Right. And that's and, a good thing, right? And, and, and you just have to let the conversation happen. And I think one of right. the conversations we just had, Josh, was, it doesn't matter where the conversation, who's starting or who it's going to. I think on our job, we have myself a construction manager, so they don't want to, don't go talk to him. He's the boss, right? But it's okay if they, but it's okay if they do, but if somebody has something to say and they want to talk to our, our IF coordinator, which is Josh now, Mm -hmm. I think we have to learn to not get upset. Like I'm the boss. They should be talking to me, right? Mm -hmm. Don't get upset if somebody's that conversation is going to somebody, a foreman, some are there, like follow the conversation and listen. That's right. the key, right? But I love what you said on Hockey Night in Canada. You're talking about the mental health of Koskinen. And that, I don't know, and I think you said it as well. We don't really know what's going on in the man's right. head, but you can look in his eyes. You can tell there's, you know, when it's mm-hmm. down, it's down. When it's up, it's up. You know, I think you talked about it. I haven't myself looked at, you know, you're talking about that triggered state, but do you think it's something, you know, from the Oilers end, is it something they should, focus on i think even bringing up young goalies i think skinner is going to be you know a great goalie he's got shows a lot of things i think the team rallies around him but is this something that you know nhl players or nhl teams should be focusing on more to build that player up no young players yeah so the answer to that is yes but i will say also 
uh, all the teams have uh, mental health specialists that are helping these guys. And yeah. uh, some teams have one person, uh, some teams have multiple people helping. And so that's the, uh, that's the key. Now I'm going to speak in general terms. Cause like I said on Saturday and we're having this conversation, I don't know what Costin is going through. I, I can only just sort of um, surmise a little bit by the struggles that he's had recently, you know, his team struggles also. And yeah. but when you're the goaltender, you sort of absorb more of that, but uh and you're so right about the eyes. I've always said that. Um, look in somebody's eyes. When you ask somebody how they're doing, really look into their eyes because the eyes don't lie. Yeah. It's impossible. And so we really, truly do know. Uh, and then if, they, if they're willing to talk, now it's not for everybody, um, then maybe somebody will share and say, well, actually, today I woke up and it's not a great day for me. Uh, and that's okay, as you mentioned, uh, in the workplace also, then you can just say, well, do you want to meet? We can chat for 20 minutes or a half hour or whatever the need may be. And uh, But when I look at Koskinen, and it was, so going into the night, I was really rooting for him. And I don't usually root for players specifically. Don't, or so was I. <laughs> right. I really was, really was. Right. Anybody who's a true fan understands what he's going through. And, yeah. and on the mental health side, you got to cheer for that guy, the underdog right. or the guy that's going through it. Right. And it was a tough week for him. Right. And people are saying, you know, they're really criticizing him. And so, uh, and I did say like, it's a hard position anyways, but the way he was battling, and that's one good thing about him. He fights like he was really battling, but he really made it look hard. And, and so I knew that he was in a struggle yeah. and uh, then we showed his eyes uh, after the second goal. Yes. And that was hard to look at because he looked, yeah. really, he almost looked, in my opinion, I'm not an expert. He looked like kind of scared a little bit like, oh no, is this happening? A little again? bit lost, right? A little bit right? lost. A little bit, what do I do? Yes. Yeah. 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 And so I mentioned that also, but the, the great thing about that story is how hard he fought again in the second and third. And he, he ended up having a wonderful game, but I do know those feelings because I've been in that net when it's been a real struggle and and uh, just because he's had one good game doesn't mean he's uh, he's Passing. through it, right? Yeah. I had, when I went through that two-month stretch back in 92, 93, I recall a few times where I actually thought I was starting to come out of it because I was starting to play a little bit better. And next thing you know, you get lit up again the next night. Yeah. And you're like, oh, geez, I just thought I was past this stuff. And, and so it chips away at your confidence. But uh, yeah, I just think that it's with all athletes and all people that you go through stretches where you really need sort of like uh friendship and help from other people. I was going to say that, like, you know, when they talk about, you, you said that they have mental health pe people there to help them, mm -hmm. but is it trained? Like, I think we're kind of going through it in construction now is, are we training our people around them to look for that? Are we training our people around them to, to realize maybe there's a connection there. Maybe there's a friendship there that you have to help them out. Like I, it's not holding people responsible, but it's, no, yeah, we no. have psychologists. We have people that are trained in helping us yeah. through this and are going to, I think you touched on it, gave you some tools that, yeah. that when you get to that position, um, there's a way to get through it. I, again, uh, you know, my own, I don't say struggles, but I know growing up, I did a lot of writing and that, okay, you know, cool. that helped me. That helped me get through. I don't know what I was writing, sure, but, I, I did, but it's just venting on a piece of paper, something I share with my kids as well. It's just, if you feel like you need to write, or you feel like maybe you got a friend that you really like talking to sit down, talk with them. Um, but do they, you know, is it something they should be looking at? I think for the, in construction, we talk about it. 
lean on your friends. Like, is that something yeah. they teach the other players? Yeah. So uh, to that point about writing, um, I've stopped recently, but I was journaling for a while. And yeah. uh, I taught, I was taught that from my kids too, but also more importantly, I, when my person that I'm seeing really recommended it, then I really dove into that and it was really good. But my writing or my journaling was, uh, I had two sort of aspects to it. So what was troubling me that day and what was good about that day? And it was interesting when I was like really struggling, uh, when I when I was going to see this person weekly for months, um, one page would be full of negative things. And, you know, you know, my positive would just be a couple little lines. And at the end of this, when I really started to come out of it quite well, then it was almost very little negative. Uh, something about, you know, the day started really well. I was really excited about the broadcast because that's where my stuff starts. Uh, it's usually not day-to-day -day living. Mine is work-related. And so, um, that's where I have, that's where I have to be in a good place mentally. And, and so I can tell you all also guys, uh, when I was traveling to Toronto and up until about a month ago, um, I was starting to get that feeling again. And I'd call my wife before the pregame show. And she, we'd talk for sometimes one time where it was over half an hour, just about getting me to breathe. Uh, she was really good at distracting me. And then I was able to do the show. Uh, one day, I didn't think I was going to be able to do it, but she was so, so helpful. Um, and, you know, I think the, the other thing also about this whole thing, when you ask people how they're doing, um, if they're not, if they're not interested in sharing, they don't have to, right? I mean, it's, and that's one thing about when you talk about NHL uh, players, um, it's still a, a two-way street. They can have all the therapists uh, in the world to help these guys. But if you're not interested in talking or sharing yet, well, then you, you're probably not going to, uh, that, that help won't be useful to you. And that's one thing about me too. I'm very open. Like when I went, I just spilled my, my the beans, right? Like first time I went, I, is an hour session. I was super nervous on the drive over. And then I cried for an hour with them. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. We talked about that on previous episodes. It's okay to cry. And Oh yeah, know, and the right. last episode that you were on with us, yeah. and, you know, it's 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 good to have that all open conversation, that open, you know, mindset, and, you know, and, and a lot of it is like you like you said, you know, in the eyes. And I remember quite a few years ago now, it would have been in 2019 when Koskin obviously was with the Oilers at this time too. He still is, but I came downstairs to the players' room. I had a friend on the team at the time, uh, Petrovic. Mm -hmm. Um, and okay. uh, I was in the, in the players' room at like the the fans, the family and friends' room. And yeah. he came in, they lost the game, and yeah. he was with his agents. And I looked in his eyes, and I could see that he had a tough night. And I, what I liked though, is that McDavid came up, tapped him on the butt, and said, "It's all good, bud." And then his agents right. were like, nice. well, let, "Let's go." Well, like he didn't stay in there very long, and the agents, the two agents, took him out. Yeah. And, dinner or whatever but it was it was nice to see like something you would not normally see but you got yeah. to see in that element because and it shows how much these guys care you know and as you, you've been in that nhl locker room many many for many years and that's a very tight-knit group you know and and, and yeah. connection you know it is for us too and and yeah. uh you know it, so it definitely means a lot uh, um uh, jake you have anything more you want to add? oh I, I was gonna say you guys might be uh, uh you know motivating me to start kind of writing things down again because hmm. you know I, I think we all go through it but 
you know, one of the things I think I told you, Josh, before I was, you know, I'm saying, I'm not saying I'm going to write a book, but I always had ideas and I would write them down. I think the real thing is we all struggle to understand where we fit in. Mm -hmm. I think we go through it and I talk, we talk construction. It's no different in sports. When you're new to a team or you're new to a job, you don't know where you fit in. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And I, and, and that's from the best player to the, the biggest boss. It doesn't matter if you're a superintendent construction manager or you're Connor McDavid, hopefully never going to another team, but yeah. <laughs> I know Josh knows where he wants to put him. but <laughs> you would still have to, you still have to find a place where you fit in. Um, and you know, I had a lot of ideas on that and talked to a lot of people about it. And um, you know, I think I like what you're, you, you know, you're like, what you're saying is, you know, self-reflection and, and mm-hmm. really, you know, I think everybody struggles with it. Yeah. And one of the things I wrote down many years ago was a question to like, would be written down. And I would ask you, look in the mirror and tell yourself 10 good things. Yeah. And if, if, like and that. if you struggle and then the next statement is, Hey, I didn't tell you to tell yourself, you don't like your eyebrows or you don't like the way your beard yeah. looks or you, yeah. you, are you too fat or whatever. Yeah. But because that's our, we'll instantly go there. The things we're disappointed with. Oh, it's yeah. hard very hard to stand in a mirror and tell yourself 10 things you like about yourself. 10. True. I, if you get to four, I'm trying, quick. To think, I'm trying to think, do I have 10 things? <laughs> it is. It's hard, but guaranteed everybody has 10 things that they, oh, they, totally. that they should be proud of, but yeah. it's hard to even tell ourselves yeah. to be proud of ourselves yeah. and be comfortable with where we are. Hey, I've got something to throw your way. Also, when you said about, you know, in the workforce, uh, whether it's in construction, what you guys do, or on a hockey team, and you said for the new guy, like, where do you fit in? Well, I can throw it out there. It could be a veteran uh, also on a hockey team or on a con- construction site going, okay, I've been here quite a while now. They've got a bunch of new hires. You know, I've been with this company for a while. Do I still fit in? Do they still appreciate what I do? And that's kind of where I got in the summer of 2019. Uh, in broadcasting where there had been a bunch of changes continue to be changes and I'm kind of thinking uh, do they still like me do they do I have a role anymore Um, you know and those sorts of those are by the way those are rational thoughts what happens is that my brain sometimes goes from those rational thoughts to irrational thoughts and by those I would be saying to myself okay Tonight, you have to be perfect on the broadcast. Well, it's live TV. That's impossible, right? You're never going to be perfect. Yeah. And so I, I work really hard at that. In fact, I have a story about that. So um, last year, uh, Rick Ball and I, my broadcast partner, were doing a Flames game at home. And uh, oftentimes, as soon as the broadcast ends, we sit in our broadcast location and we might go live to the Sports Center show a sports highlight show, or we might tape a hit, it's called. And uh, that night, we're going to tape a hit. And uh, I thought we had a really good broadcast. But for whatever reason, in that one minute that we went off air and started, we we're going to do the tape, I went and I became a lousy broadcaster. I lost my focus, right? So Rick and I are recording this, and I'm stumbling around, and I, <laughs> my thoughts aren't as clear as they needed to be. And I'm thinking my old brain would have said, stop, we'll record it again. But the good part of my brain that night said, no, you're going to allow that to go to air. You're going to be comfortable enough with a segment where you aren't very good going to air where people may see it. 
Now I wouldn't do that on a regular basis because that's just not professional. But that night I needed my brain to be able to be comfortable with that. I know it's an odd thought process, but that's just wow. kind of where my brain goes. It's like I was out for a walk uh, last year with my wife when I wasn't doing great. And my boss called and he saw one of my posts and he said, uh, oh my gosh, I didn't know you're going through this right now. Do you need some time off? And I had to tell him, unfortunately, uh, no, I can't. Cause then my brain is winning. My, the bad part of my brain is winning. Cause that's what it's yeah. telling me, right? It's telling me that you can't do it. You're not good anymore. All these sorts of things. So I would have allowed that part of my brain to win. And so I get a win actually, if I go on air and I, I'm okay to do it. Yeah. That's how my brain works. A lot of practice and a lot of, uh, uh, you know, to get, that, that probably a lot of struggles to get to that point, right? Oh, totally. Like yeah. a lot of struggles for sure. Yeah, definitely. The yeah. one thing I thought on that was when I, when I kind of initially wrote it was I thought about kids. I have three kids. Yeah. Every year we go to school. We were all kids. We all went to school yeah. myself. Yeah. I went to different schools, different towns, back and forth. Yeah. My terrace. Every year we went to school, we went through the exact same thing. So it's almost like we're trained for that anxiety to go, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where's my buddies? Are my friends coming back? Are there new people? Oh my God, I'm so nervous. What teacher am I having? And it, so we're almost trained for that anxiety. And we have to, just what you said, go through those struggles, go through that strength training to yeah. get there. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. All families go through it too. Yeah. And up until I didn't really pay attention to it. I, I recognize it like you, you know, growing up and first few days of school every year were really difficult. But until Caitlin uh, was really going through it in the uh, summer and fall of 2005. And then she, her life became unmanageable. Then it really occurred to me, not only what is she going through, but so many other families, like fall is not an easy time for families when bringing kids back to school and they've had a lot of fun in the summer. And now all of a sudden there's a lot of anxiety in the entire family. And how is this going to go? And, you know, am I going to fit in? What's my teacher going to be like? All these sorts of things. And so you're so true. Yeah. Um, and even more so now with COVID. Hey, sorry, Josh. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. It's all good. Um, you know, Kelly, there's something you talked about last time you were on with us. And it was, you know, there's the stats saying one in five Canadians fight mental health. And I know you disagree with that. And, yeah. and I do too. Uh, a lot of people had questions that I didn't, when you said that, I didn't kind of follow up on that. And so all some right. questions on it care to elaborate why you would say that why why do you think that because i agree with you and we had a safety meeting the other day and that stat came up there on the board again jake was away at this one um yeah. but uh i disagree with it but i just want to get your thoughts on and why you would disagree with it too yes mine is just anecdotal it's not scientific uh but i know the canadian mental health association and by the way, I've partnered with them for many, many things. And so we're, we have a really good relationship, but right. I just disagree with that one number that where they say one in five Canadians are affected. I say one in five are affected to the point where their life is unmanageable and that they have a hard time going to school, uh, might not be able to go to work. Um, it's hard for them to get out of bed, whatever the situation may be, but in my experience, and I meet a lot of people, um, when we have mental health conversations, virtually every single person says to me, yeah, me too. Or I felt that, or I've experienced that, or, or my son or daughters felt that way. My wife feels this. Um, so yes, mine isn't scientific, but it's just from anecdotal 
uh, meetings with people. I'll, I'll tell you a story. Last week, Don and I were out grocery shopping just at Safeway. And uh, somehow a lady recognized me. I had a ball cap and glasses and a mask on, of all things. Yeah. And uh, we're in the aisle. So she goes, oh, by the way, I love uh, uh, what you do about mental health and so on. And then uh, three strange, or well, my wife and I with a perfect stranger, we chatted for at least 10 minutes in the aisle about our situation, about Kate, about her daughter. Her daughter goes to University of Victoria and she struggles mightily and with anxiety and things and so it's just it's just a small world and it's much it's a much better world because we can have these conversations yeah no it's and that and that's true and for me like i when i when i was a kid you know i lost my dad i found him mm -hmm. uh, when he passed away losing two grandparents all the the three you know two grandparents and a father in a mm -hmm. two years losing it and that trauma still resonates with me today and you know, and I have a tough time during Christmas time because that was when my dad passed away so yep. you know and and now I felt like lately anyone that I've had in my life that I've lost either like a friendship wise and I just lost someone that I really cared about as a friend it's really bothered me in the last few weeks but what's helped me get through it is kind of doing what I do at work and that's kind of talking and and connecting with people and you know they either them sharing a story with me or me sharing my story with them, you know, so like we all go through different mental health stuff, you know, like Carrie Price is going through stuff right now. Uh, Lane Johnson in the NFL for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, one of the top players in, in, in the NFL and he missed three games, but when he came back, he killed it. Just a great, like, you know, like he lost it. Right. And uh, lost the touch. So it's, you know, it, it affects us all in, in different ways different mm -hmm. in, in certain ways um the next question is do you think the government needs to do better on supporting this and helping us out you know because i know robin leonard was on spit and chicklets podcast and he was very out outspoken that he thinks if the government was backing it more and more supportive and out there a little bit more maybe mental health would be a bit more you know talked about uh, i don't know where you would stand on that if the government does a lot or needs to do more i think they're trying but they can do a lot more and for me, it's uh, federal, provincial, and municipal governments have to do more. But conversations like this <clears throat> between the three of us, yeah. this is really helping. And my, I'll give you why I think that's true. Because we wouldn't have had this conversation five or seven years ago. Right. Um, it was just starting, people were just starting to sort of tell their stories a little bit around that time. Now, again, this is almost a daily thing. And we're getting to the point where we're, we're so loud that governments recognize we're not going away. Like we're not just sharing our story one time and then we're gonna just disappear. We're, we're, became, we're becoming louder and louder all the time. And, and they're just gonna be forced to do something, right? They'll, the numbers tell you how many people are affected. And uh, I think it's, it's only, healthy for our governments to get involved because if if you're a person with mental health issues and you can't go to work that's that's uh you know not good for the work environment and society in general so it's really important that governments get behind this yeah yeah and what's your thoughts on robin leonard coming out and him talking about you know his struggles and you know being outspoken if people want to say it's outspoken i think what he, he's using his voice in a good way of helping a lot of people just like you do but What's your thoughts on him? Obviously, he's a great goaltender, but uh, what's your thoughts on that? I think he's fantastic. 
And uh, I know sometimes people uh, don't agree with what he says, but that's his truth. We're allowed to tell our truth, right? We're allowed yeah, to absolutely. tell people what we're feeling and how it affects us. And, uh, you know, we all see things a little bit differently, but uh, uh, I just think he's fantastic. There's so many people finally in my uh, line of work that are sharing, like Ron McLean has shared that he's gone through things. In fact, uh, Joshua, I think I probably said this to you last time when we we're having a discussion about uh, more good days. Yeah. I always tie the two together to a conversation I was having with Ron McLean a couple, three years ago about mental health. And he left me with the, a line in his last text and he goes inner peace what a quest and uh so i always think wow. the same like more good days we're all searching for and inner peace what a quest it would be nice to have that but unfortunately that's that's a pretty hard target to find sometimes yeah. it is. no it, it definitely is it, it and you know Corey hirsch has done really good on this too amazing another guy uh you know i think he's got a podcast now too and uh yeah uh, what's your thoughts on him and the movement that he and and his using his voice and some of the guests he's had on what's your you know thoughts on on him and once again fantastic i've known Corey for a long long time seriously like i used to teach him uh at hockey school in medicine hat uh when he was still a young kid uh i might have been a i might have been a junior or early in my nhl career and uh, so I've been a big fan of Corey for a long time. And, you know, he really shares openly some of his struggles. Like he, he tried to take his life and all these things that uh, different than my uh, struggles. But uh, I just think the world of him, it, it's, it was interesting because the last time the all-star game was played in Los Angeles, I don't think Corey had shared with anybody yet what he had been going through. And uh, after the, the all-star game, there are a bunch of us there. My wife was actually in LA at the time and we we're going to go for dinner and we we're walking to the restaurant from the Staples center. And Corey sort of pulled me aside, say, hey, uh, just so you know, I'm going to start telling my story here in a few weeks, next few weeks. So I said, fantastic, bud, you've got my support, whatever you need. And, and yeah, Corey has done a wonderful job. Yeah, no, he definitely. I, I'm lucky also, guys. Uh, Sheldon Kennedy lives on our street. He just moved in just over a year ago. And so I bump into him every once in a while. And I think you guys recognize also, like, he is just, he's a superhero to me. He, what he does, and it's just uh, phenomenal um, how he's turned the world around. Oh, yeah. You know, and what he's done with uh, the Central Alberta Child Advocacy Center mm -hmm. uh, and Red Deer there. And we've done some partnering up with them with our podcast. And, we got season tickets and we've donated some some tickets to them and and you know helping out it's you know i think coming together and and you know you have a, there's a lot of great people in hockey but in this world too um doesn't matter where what your prof your profession is but you know you can definitely hit, it hits home with a lot of people you know and and obviously with us with social with social media it's more prevalent out there when someone is out outspoken or talking you know, you kind of connect with them. And I think what Sheldon Sheldon's done, what Corey's done, and obviously earlier on you touched on with Michael Landsberg. Um, you know, well, well, let's let's talk day tomorrow, Kelly. We'll finish up on this one. Um, what's the your relationship with Michael Landsberg? Um, talk about the connection you guys have and how much Bell Let's Talk Day means to you. Okay, well, Michael and I first met in 2004. Uh, I was a big fan of uh, his broadcasting abilities. And uh, um, <clears throat> so 
started there and we kept in touch and uh, um, we talk, I'm going to say quite often, uh, maybe we don't phone each other as often as we maybe should, but we definitely text multiple times every week, I'd say. In fact, I was just speaking to him yesterday because unfortunately he just lost his father and uh, the funeral was yesterday. Um, but Michael has done uh, more than I think anybody in our country to bring awareness to mental health. And he did it long ago. Yes. And so he had the good fortune of uh, uh, where he worked. They had, he had the support there. And he's, he's never ending in his quest to help people. Uh, and that's what I really admire about him. Besides, he's got a really quirky, great sense of humor. Correct. I like that about him. Yeah. Uh, and so I just think that guy is uh, somebody that uh, he's a national hero to me and got the ball rolling so all of us could have these conversations. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, the importance of Bell Let's Talk Day to, you know, us as Canadians, Americans, you know, everyone that's yeah. going to this podcast here, you know, what's your, you know, how much that day means to you and, and seeing people share their story on social media as that's going to happen tomorrow and, and throughout the week. Oh, it's, uh, it's a highlight of my uh, year. I, I love that day. I look forward to it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we we're all everybody supports it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, it, it's really cool for me because uh, I believe this was just a Canadian initiative when it first started. And it's it's exploded to where you see a lot of not that celebrity matters, but it, it kind of confirms the importance of this topic when there are a lot of people out there that have a so-called platform or a profile and they start talking about it and they do let's talk and and that's really really cool to me because it's it, it means that everybody's uh, listening it's gaining more traction um and so yeah that's a great day by the way i partnered with uh, another group uh, i just released it last week on social media canadian men's health foundation and so uh, this is maybe a good way to end it as well if you go to their social media sites again, Canadian Men's Health Foundation. Uh, they are launching a bunch of different toolkits uh, on social media. So if you are struggling, you can go there and you can uh, take the test or you can go, they have uh, different forms uh, for you to, uh, uh, or programs for you to get help and so on. So it's, I'm really proud of this also. It's brand new, just a new initiative, but I think this is really gonna be a game changer also. Yeah, no, we'll definitely check that out and, and plug that. And uh, we'll get one more plug. Uh, if anyone wants to get some more good days, uh, swag, all that, uh, where's the best place to go? I will share it on our end. I know we have, they have it on, on yeah. Instagram, but whatever you can share with us too. So if you just punch in uh, more good days, clothing limited, and mm -hmm. they'll take you right there. And uh, Caitlin's hus husband, Hayden, as I mentioned to you before, Josh, he's an artist. And so he comes up with all the new products and they just launched, uh, some new stuff, I think a week or two ago. So, uh, it's really cool. And they also have these little stickers, uh, and a lot of my friends have them on their, uh, uh laptops or iPads and so on. And it's, it's just, again, it's, it's actually that same logo, I believe, yeah. Josh, you're wearing, and it's uh, more good days than it. Uh, you know, Kyle Bukoskis, I know he has that on his laptop and it's uh, Ron McLean does too. And it's just really heartwarming that uh, this program has taken off so well. Perfect. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll definitely plug that, get some more stuff. Uh, Jake, we'll, uh, we'll get some stuff up for bird there. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yep. 
get some of that out there. So uh, the, boy, the, the boys like stickers on their hard hat, right? So <laughs> good. <laughs> All right, Kelly. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, you know, I love you. Uh, you're a great friend and a great help. And I can't thank you enough for all the great things you do for me and for everyone in this world. So I, I love you too. And sorry to hear about your hardship lately and the friend that you lost, but uh, this, uh, this was an important conversation. I'd love to join you guys again. And thanks, Jake. And uh, love you hey, too, buddy. You. Yeah, thank you. Love you guys. Yeah. Excellent conversation. And, and, and a, a very a huge pleasure meeting you. Yes. Thanks. You too. All right. Take care. Take care, guys. See ya. <laughs> uh, so, so th th that this episode with uh, with Kelly, uh, this interview, I think everyone's going to really enjoy that. Um, you know, unfortunately, guys, we uh, we had a tough week in hockey. We, uh, you know, we got to start off with uh, we start off with the mental health side, and and you know, we had some uh, some stuff happen in the game uh, over the last uh, few weeks, and sucks that this is gone. This is still happening in the game with, uh, you know racist comments, racial comments and, and gestures. And, uh, it's very tough. Uh, you know, I know as this hits close to home for, for you broads and, and for everyone too, it just, it's unfortunate. We're still seeing this going on in the game that we love and the game that we cherish so much, but, uh, you know, and our thoughts are with everyone involved and, you know, you know, in a week that you had Willie O'Ree get honored, this, these things are happening. Um, you know, you know, broads will throw to you, um, you know, I guess, how are you doing and how's the family doing and, and where are things at with you guys? And, you know, I don't add to, to what's going on here in the last few weeks. What is going on? It's bizarre that it's 2022 and one week it happens twice, right? I know it's not in the NHL, but that it's neither here nor there. I, I saw the one post from uh, one guy saying that he was doing a tough guy pose, but I don't know. It's 2022. You should probably know that that's probably going to kind of come come across a certain way. I, I don't know the guy at all. I don't know whether he's telling the truth or whether he's just kind of digging himself a hole or whether he's honest about it. I have no idea. But uh, to see it happen twice in a week is super disappointing. In my house. We had a lot of conversations about it. Uh, sat down with the kids, had a chat, just to kind of keep the chat going. It's like it's pretty constant in my house. So we talk about these things. I, I look back at. <clears throat> anytime I see one of my kids in a verbal altercation on the ice, if that's the first thing that comes into my mind is, Oh shit, I hope this isn't some racial. Uh, luckily it's only happened uh, once to my older boy. And well, I guess that's not lucky, but it's still happened once too many, yeah. but, and it's happened on my little guy's team once as well, not to my son, but so it, it's still prevalent, sadly. And the one thing I don't, when they say hockey's not inclusive, I, I don't believe that to be true, to be honest. I think it's very inclusive from from my experiences. I just think there's in, a few idiots. And I think I don't think that's a hockey thing. I don't think that's rugby. I don't think that's basketball. I think that's just a life thing. There's a percentage of the, the world that are idiots. And they're going to be ignorant. They're going to be racist. And that's just the world we live in. I don't think that's saying that hockey's not inclusive. I, I don't believe that personally. Yeah, yeah uh vandy your thoughts on this and and um do you think there needs to be a change here with the stars of our game uh you know we shared on our our instagram uh post uh you know or, or i think uh 
you know, it would it would be great to see, you know, it start at the top and with the stars of a game. And Akeem Aliou uh, retweeted that post and had, uh, you know, where we put that in words, he had his uh, fingers up and saying that's kind of where, where it should start too. What's your thoughts on that? I don't know. I'm, I'm a little indifferent on that. Um, I, I don't, I mean, they, should they be speaking up against it? A hundred percent. But, but, you know, I, it's, uh, it's still an issue that is sensitive to a lot of people. And a lot of people are very, very uncomfortable talking about it. And it's unfortunate, but that's uh, that's reality is a lot of people are are still if it doesn't what's the word if it doesn't happen to them turn a blind eye blind eye if you will yeah you know it, i think there there still is that that for that whatever out there um but i i don't it, it's so hard for me to i know what i believe i know how i was raised i know how I raise my kids. It's, it's tough for me to comment on situations like this. Cause I don't, I don't accept it for one, but, but it's hard for me to say whether Connor or whether Sidney Crosby or whether these guys should speak up. I, I, they should, but I mean, a lot of people are, I mean, even me, listen to me. I'm it's uncomfortable for me to talk about it. And I, it's, it's just, I, I don't know what the, everybody's so scared to, to say something either for or against it. It shouldn't be against it. Um, but, but I just think it, it, it's such, um, it's such a touchy subject. Like it shouldn't be, but it is. Yeah. Like it, it, <laughs> it is. I'm Sydney Crab. What are they going to say? Right. Yeah. They condemn it. Everybody should be condemning what is happening and everybody should be against it. But reality is, is it'll never, I hope it changes, but I don't think we're going to see a change all the, with that being said, I mean, hockey, we're taking the right steps, but those little in-game, whatever it is, hockey chirping, all that crap, unfortunately they're still going to be there. And, And when that stuff comes out, it's usually a product of their upbringing. So the, the, you're always going to have parents and teaching their kids what that language and, and that belief or whatever it is. So I, I don't, you know, you can come out and condemn it, but I don't think you're going to get rid of it a hundred percent. Unfortunately, it, it is, that's, you know, I get, yeah, I guess it's the product of your upbringing, you know, and our thoughts are with Boca and, and Jordan on, on, you know, the tough week that they had and, and uh, Boca didn't even see the gesture what happened. And it was his teammates that I guess we shot, saw the video in a zoom meeting after a zoom clip and, and saw the clip after. And obviously uh, Jordan Subban uh, saw it and one of his teammates jumped off the bench and, and stuck up for him. And that's uh, a that's a suspension worth uh, worth getting because yeah, you're sticking up for your teammate there. But yeah, in my opinion, I like I'm not saying I disagree, but I I personally think uh, the problem is, is the stars of the game don't say enough. And I the problem problem with hockey is sometimes less is more what they say. But I think in in but, but, but what are like 
I and think I, I, I don't I mean heard, to sound ignorant. What 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 can they say? I think standing in front of a microphone and st- and standing on a podium and getting behind it because Connor's never done it. Austin's yeah. Matthews has never done it. Sidney Crosby's never done it. You know, like it ha- doesn't. I think you know, and it's sad even too when you know when the hashtag tape tape hate the the tape out with the uh, with the uh, hockey diversity alliance came out and Akeem Aliou said this this before we even launched the, the HDA there was thirty of us uh, in a in initial group chats and only eight of us went public with it you know of players that were former players current players um so as he said he you know like Colin Kaepernick said to him he's like the problem is you're gonna have people in your own you know alliance that aren't gonna be there to support you so you know it's it's tough there too because you say that you want the star athletes to stick up but there's also guys that are not a part of it too that are of color in the NHL that don't want to support you know it so there and the thing is there's the NHL has their own program and then the HD has their their program and you know there's two different and there's nothing wrong I think more is the better you know they're at the end of the day their goals are all the same in my opinion of educating and and making the game more inclusive for everyone to get into and you know we're seeing change right now look what look at what happened with the Vancouver Canucks um you know they just hired um uh Emily Gaston Gay as an assistant general manager you know that's the second female general manager in 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 the history of NHL and the Canucks are going in a direction where they're adding more females to their staff so you're seeing change that way so it'd be great to see change in in on another way on another level where you know hockey does feel more accepting for people of, of color, you know, so it's very small number of players. I think there's only 42 players in the NHL that are of color in the game. And there's 810 players in the NHL, you know, on, on NHL on, you know, out of 23 guys on a roster, you only have 42 out of 100, uh, 810. So that's a very low number. I think well, to fix that. Yeah, I mean, right? I and think, that, that's I think... with the grassroots. Like we had, yeah. Uh, you know, um, Anthony Stewart on and he talked about what he's doing with hockey equality and uh, Bros was, was on in that interview. So you're seeing that, you know, and obviously Quentin Byfield just made his NHL debut this uh, not too long ago, this in the last few weeks here. Um, you know, he's the highest drafted player of color. Um, you know, so that's great to see, you know, the, the game's growing in that aspect. But I do think, you know, more stars of the game. And we this is why I bring it up because this is a conversation where a hockey podcast we need to bring it up and it needs to be more of a conversation down the road. And we've reached out to Akeem Aliou to come on our podcast and we're hoping to get him on. So uh, it sounds like that could happen here, but when it happens, I'm not too sure, but he is interested of, you know, coming on. And so we're in full support. We stand with them and we stand with, with everyone involved in, in changing the game into a better way where it's more accepting. We circle back. I guess, where, like, where do you stand on the stars of the game standing up and and using their voice uh, to get behind, uh, you know, this topic and making the game more inclusive for for everyone involved? I think it's a tough spot. I, I don't feel like they should be obligated to do it. I think it's individual. What whatever what they're comfortable with, what they want to do, what they don't want to do. I'd love to see it happen. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't think it's up to Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby to be mandated to do this. I would love, don't get me wrong. I think it would be fabulous if they did, but I think it's, you can mandate them to do this. I don't, it's individual. Like they don't, 
if they don't want to do it, they don't want to, if they don't feel comfortable doing it, then I don't think we can mandate them to do this. I, I would love for them to do it. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't think it's a possibility. And I don't think it's, I don't want to say, I don't think it's right, but it would be, you know, pick a topic. If it's racism, inclusivity, you know, it's then pick the next topic that they have to do another press conference to do. So I, I don't think we can honestly ask these guys to do that. I would love them to, but uh, I don't think it's realistic. And yeah, that's, that's how I feel. Yeah. In my opinion, if it hasn't happened yet, it might not happen too. So, but you never yeah. say never, so never say never, but, um, and I would never, you never want to tell someone to go do something that they, I don't feel comfortable doing. I just, you know, in, in thinking that maybe, yeah, you just stand in front of a microphone and you do it because you want to do it. Um, but unfortunately, yeah. they just haven't done it yet. Right. So, so yeah. we'll see, see what happens. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, we'll switch gears. Uh, we'll have more on this topic later this week. We have uh, uh, a tour is going to, he's got some stuff on this topic uh, either later this week or early next week. Um, so he'll be joining us on this, uh, this topic. He was just, uh, I think just in Boston for the uh, Willie O'Ree uh, Jersey retirement. So congratulations to uh, Willie on that. Uh, Switch gears. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers are about to play tonight. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, you know they got the big win against Calgary Flames. Uh, things are not as good in Edmonton. It was, uh, you know, hasn't been as good lately. But uh, you know, I heard Stoffer on Smith and Chicklets, and he's convinced that the Oilers will finish second in the West. He still thinks they're a very good team. So obviously, yeah, he works for the, <laughs> he works for the organization. So maybe that's why. But uh, uh, Van. Maybe that's why, but uh, Slav's a good friend of ours. But um, and I, I think he even said that with them not really getting much help in in goals. So uh, I don't know why he thinks that. Uh, he did say he just you know he thinks the team will have a better second half of the season, and you know they're going to get guys back, and Nugent Hopkins is back. But Vandy uh, thoughts on the Oilers, uh, the struggles, and what needs to fix going forward. Well- I'm gonna I'm gonna stay positive tonight because it's game day and I got a little bit of coin on it. But I'm I really really like Ryan McLeod. I think he's fitting in nicely. I've heard Dylan Holloway's coming back. Um, I you know I I don't <laughs> you I go back to that Florida game, and yeah we're we're decimated. We you know I we miss Ryan Nugent Hopkins. We miss you know, our depth. And when COVID hit our team, I think it, it put the uh, the coaching staff who was, you know, trying to coach with the team, I think it put them in a tough spot and they were trying to find their way and they ended up losing it their way. And it just compiled. And it, when it's an avalanche coming out, it's hard. You can't stop it. Um, that being said, I, I watching this team, watching, the top teams in the, in the NHL were nowhere near where we should be with Connor and Leon at the helm. We need to get them help. I don't think we're strong enough on the back end. I don't goaltending. And I've said it on goaltending is not our issue. It's, it's not our, we have personnel, be it players or whoever it is with goaltending is not an issue on this team. You put anybody in the net, and look, at the end of the day, are there bad goals going in? Yep. But that's going to happen to anybody that isn't, doesn't have a structure in front of them. 
Now, is that coaching? Is it, I, I, I'm pretty slow to blame the coaches because it's, you know, we've proven that it's successful in the past. Why does it all of a sudden collapse? And I think personnel is one of them. And, and I put it out there. I mean, we got a, a $9 million defenseman that is paid like a number one, but be hard pressed to be a three, four on a good hockey team. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> well, he's getting that. He's getting that money next year. Not this year. He's still well, whatever you, yeah, you but, signed him. Yeah. You got him for six years. You tell me he's going to be a number one. He is a number one. <laughs> yeah. On the Oilers. You don't think he's the top 62 defenseman in the world. I say, 62 top pairing 31. I'm not paying my second guy nine mil. What are you going to pay your first guy? What are you going to pay Bouchard when he, I would say, I would say like what what we saw last year from nurse. Yes. That was a good year. That was what you want. A number one defenseman. Has he struggled? Yeah. Has he struggled this year? 100% he has. And you know, there's always that, that, you know, that conversation that happens, you get married, you have a kid and, you know, things are changing and that's what happened in his life. He got married and, uh, you know, he had a kid. So, you know, every week, that, that was the biggest thing everyone picked on Talbot for, you know, Talbot was so great. Then he had kids and then Talbot wasn't great again. And then now he's, doing ah, good yeah, I did so, say that, you know, so it's like, like there's that out there. Like it's just, okay. whether it's true or not, I don't know, but it, it's, it does seem to happen. at hey, time. Me- So, yeah, and I only say that because years ago, like 2015, when I met Yager, he said he always told everyone on his team, and I was at I was at a at a function with him, and he I remember him talking to all the younger players, and he said, "Whatever you do, do not get get married, but don't have kids until two or three years left in your career or when you're done." Because he's like anyone he's been around. He's seen that it affected them. And I came from Yager, who doesn't have kids. Really? He's not married. Yes. I remember him telling in 2016, I was at a function. He was he was like, we asked around the table, what's your advice? And he's he told the younger guys on his team, he said, Don't whatever you do, don't get don't get married, but don't have kids until you're later in your career when you've already established things or when you're done. Because he's like, when you as soon as you have kids, your priorities will change. The 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 way you want to train, the way you want to uh exercise the way you want to take care of your body your sleep schedule how you do things what the way you do things like well, he, now you make me feel guilty that i'm putting this all on nurse <laughs> that's not what i'm doing no I'm not, saying, I'm not i'm not saying here, here, like, he, hasn't been, he hasn't been good this year the defense has not been good this year you know you, like you, you asked me my thoughts on the others yeah i'll be honest we're 30 years into this since nobody, Mets left, yeah, it's and I, I, I don't have a clue. I don't, I don't have an answer. But nobody, anymore. but nobody does because it's that same thing, and it's like we can argue about it because the same thing with the Dallas Cowboys. It's the same thing with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, yes, the Florida Panthers are good, but they haven't won a playoff series in a long time either. So, whatever you do in the regular season is whatever you do in the regular season. It's what happens in the playoffs which matters. Look at Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, can't get it done in the playoffs now recently. Did win a Super Bowl, but lately comes to the playoffs, can't do it, can't get it done. You know, so it's like there's that does linger around. After a while, it just it becomes a problem. And right now with the Oilers, like we'll see. There's this another second half of the season. They're nine and two against teams in their division in the Pacific Division. So maybe they just bank on those points there. But 
and they do have a lot of games in hand, so they're going to eventually catch up and get those games, and hopefully they win them for their sake. Like, at the end of the day, the Oilers can't can't miss the playoffs. We can all agree on that. They miss the playoffs, then who knows what the hell oh. happens, right? Like, anything. Bro, what are your thoughts? I'm always intrigued to hear you. I have lots of thoughts. <laughs> One, our goaltending is not good enough, Clay. It's not even close to good enough. I agree that the team in front of him doesn't have the best structure, but the goaltending, he's a he's just not a very good backup backup goalie, let alone starting goalie. So for him, I don't know. He's he to me they should wave him and get Skinner up here and go Smith and Skinner once Smith's back to normal here. It may hopefully comes back soon. I don't know when it is, but I don't think the team can win in front of with Koskinen personally. I think he's uh, clear they like him. You could help by nurses or dry settles comments about him, but seems like a good human, but he's just simply not good enough. So that's, that's their one issue. Uh, the second issue is to me is it's not a team. It's two guys and nurse playing every other shift for the entire season. And hockey's a sport that, it's not basketball. You can't have two stars that just play over and over and get all your points and win, right? You need role players. You need every, and everybody needs to feel wanted and loved and like you have a role on this team. And to me, the others don't have that. They throw out Nurse and Dry Settle over and over and over. Say it's a tight game, three minutes left. They're going to play Dry Settle and Nurse and McDavid for two minutes and 40 seconds of that last game. Well, the guys on the bench, they need to feel like, hey, I'm a checker. I, I, this is my job. My job is to go out there and shut this down. They don't have anybody who does that because they don't get the opportunity to do that. What about if you're a second-line power play guy? Can you guys name, other than what nurse a little bit, is a second-line power play guy in the Oilers? I can't. No fucking idea who it is. Yeah. So That's a revolving you're sitting on the board. bench, you're going, it's a huge problem. You're sitting on the bench going, I'm a pretty skilled guy. Uh, the coach would rather play these yeah. guys. There was just a whistle a minute 25 into this power play, and the coach would rather leave these guys out there than put me on the ice. So I have no role. I'm not a checker. I'm not, I can't go on the power play. I suck at that. I can't go on at the end of a game. What is my role in this team? I don't have one. I'm a guy. I'm a dude who fills the side of the bench. There you and go. I shove down. Yeah. <laughs> right? So there's no team concept. My, my, well, maybe there is a team concept, but there's no... I wouldn't feel loved if I was on the team, anybody other than the stars. So, and I don't think you can win like that personally. Everybody has to feel like they're chipping in, they're pulling on the rope and to win, you need everybody pulling on the rope. Well, uh, that's my biggest thoughts. My other thought, you ready for this? Yeah. <clears throat> Does anybody have any idea what the Oilers record is? Cause it's been other than one run in 06. There has been shit since, well, since Messi left 1992 say, right. Kind of just scraping into the playoffs. Okay. Losing first round, second round at the best case. Oh, no. He, he always cuts on at the worst possible times. Oh, okay. man. We'll have to just, well. we'll Listen, we'll... I, I, what Brody said is bang on. And that's what I was trying to get at. At the beginning of the year, we said that this coaching staff is starting to learn how to coach with the, the depth that, you know, we had players stepping up, players yeah. playing good. And and Connor and, and Leon were still getting their ice time, but we were throwing guys out there. And granted, we were winning, but the minute you start losing, and then all of a sudden COVID hits the protocols, all that crap. And 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 then you got to adjust. And I think they're, you know, I, I'm 
positive they're going to find their way again. And I think that's what Stoffer is saying, but I, I, that's, I think that's where we hit. We, we kind of hit a, a lull in a, in a valley and it was a deep valley and it went on for a while. Brody, finish your thought. Yeah. If you're back. Yeah. We didn't you cut out back there. there. <clears throat> I wonder what the record is December, January, and February when it's shitty here in Emerson. Yeah, like overall, right? It would be interesting to know what is that, it? What that number? I don't know. What we if Brody knows it, I don't know. He cut out again. I think Whitney, Whitney, Ryan, Whitney uh, on Chicklet said the same thing. Like, give me the record: December, January, February is off. What is it? Simple as that. What is it? You cut out. I have no idea. Oh, no idea. Oh, okay, I'm interested to actually. The tailspin starts that a little bit because I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it is. I have no idea, but I wonder if there's something to that. Yeah. So, Broads, maybe what you could do is my I don't know if you, could, if you can cut. There's if, my thoughts on there. Yeah, I don't know if you could uh, if you can oh, sign out, log out and log sign out and sign back in. I don't know what's going on because you're every two minutes your audio yeah. just goes out. So maybe well, just the Ruptash has moved to Saint Albert and they yeah, probably use up all yeah, the Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's very true. So. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll just keep on going there and hopefully his, uh, his, I mean, look at the, at the end of the day, boss, I, 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 they're, they're not a bad team. They're just, they went through a lull. Um, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll stick to my guns. I'm, I'll defend coaches. It ain't. Well, it's not a coaching problem. I'll say that. No, I think we could all agree with that. Like obviously Vernon Fiddler said that too. And, you know, just chatting. It's not, with about, it's it, not a coaching. And it's not a goaltending issue. It's, do we need saves at, opportune times when you're in a slump yeah but but when the when the team's in a slump the whole all the players are so you're gonna have to overcome those bad goals correct let's see some character i mean it was a big game saturday good character win leon coming through but you to get out of these you need like brody said you need to get back to that team aspect yeah everybody needs a defined role and maybe that's what they're going to do because you're going to go Nugent Hopkins is your third line center now. So maybe they're like, all right, well, this is how we're going to do it. I don't know what your thoughts on Nuge being the third line center going into tonight's game, Brody. Uh, I've been begging for this forever. Like this is how you win. You win with depth down the middle. And now you finally got that. I think that's what you need to do moving forward. And I've got a theory about this. You ready for this one? Yeah. The reason they're finally doing that is because Evander Kane is coming to town tomorrow, the next day, or the next day, or the next day. Oh, my God. Is this a segue? That's my theory. That's my theory because he hasn't done it all year long. And now, finally, out of nowhere, he's what are halfway doing? He's going to do it. They probably so that's know. my theory. Is so they probably know they have him in that bank. It's done. Let the NHL come up with their discipline that they have to, and then – is this time. really what the team needs? No, you, it's not. You but got it, people it, quite, it, look, people on social media, whatever the hell, whatever it is, crap. But they're they're questioning the inside of that dressing room. I don't. I, I I think it's fine. Everybody panics. But do you? Do we really, honestly, need a character like that in your room? You're not winning with Evander Kane with that personality. <laughs> I don't think you're winning with no, him. No, I think, I think it's a horrible signing. Well, what about this? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Bosco, sorry. No, I wasn't. Oh, no, I, go finish your thought. I'll, I'll go after. Yeah, go ahead, Rhodes. He is probably on his last lifeline here. He's going to have to be on his best behavior. He's fighting for his career, right? So he's going to need a good season wherever he goes just when so get a contract next season. Or else he's probably done. If he comes here and he fucks up, that's the end of Evander Kane. He's had 17 chances. He's not getting another one. So I think he's worth the risk because I I truly believe he will be on his absolute best behavior. And it is an absolute perfect fit here. Play on the wing, score goals, fight people. It's he's an app as a player, he's like every team would want him. He's a shithead, apparently, outside of hockey. Not apparently. It's pretty... Uh, it's well, documented. Yeah, it's well, I, well, I don't know. It, it, anyway, I think it's well documented. It's a, he's an absolute perfect fit, and I think he's worth the risk because worst case, he's a shitty human. He turns out to be a shithead here, and you just throw him on waivers and you never see him again. See you later. Yeah. Worst case. Best case, he's fighting for a job for next season, and he's goes and gets 10 goals in 20 games or something, and he helps the team's success enables them to play three centers down the middle and the team is a good team. Yeah. You add him, you add uh, a goalie and a little bit of depth here and there. The Oilers are right there, right there. I truly believe that. Yeah. I don't How are you getting a goalie. Yeah. It, it, it's not see so with the cane thing. We'll, we'll stay there before we yeah, go thing. But the cane thing, I, it, you don't win in that one. You know, the, the fake vaccine, the 21 game suspension, uh, you know, you think Fuck that the vaccine and all that shit, the guy has twice been accused of beating his well, obviously, girlfriend that, his yes, yes, get the vaccine passport. No, but I'm that's it's, nothing, it's, but it's a trend of his behavior, is what I'm talking okay, about. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't Sorry, change, I lost my mind you know, so. yeah, like there's yes, there's the vaccine thing. You think that would be a wake up call? Nope, then, then I'm gonna get then I get COVID, and then when I get COVID, I'm gonna f- not follow the rules that I was supposed to follow. It's an entitlement. Yeah, well, 100% it is. When then there's the well-documented stuff from before he was even married with all the women he was involved with, you know, the Jets locker room there, um, you know, other locker rooms that he's been a part of, you know, the, he, before he was even in the NHL, his stuff with Hockey Canada, uh, you know, we talked about that before. So, you know, it's like one thing after another after another. And uh, it just uh, I, like he said, Broad said, 17th chance. So here's, here's number 18. Let's see if it works, I guess. You know, I, as a – Season ticket holder. I don't. I don't agree with what's going. What's going on? I don't like. But again, I. You've got to start questioning what's going on in this locker room too. So. And oh, bro, why? Bro, wow. uh, this Wi-Fi in Saint Albert, man, it is. It is. Not known again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, I think. Okay. What? Bosco, go. Why yeah, are you I, questioning I, what's happening in the room? Because, like, you, you look at so many so many things there. Like, why that is – they're letting that happen. Like, they should not let that happen. Like, that – Let what? Like, bring, bringing him in. That should not even be yeah. a – like, for what you're going through right now, that's not the guy you need right now. Maybe, if, like, because that – to me, I think that locker room's a bit fragile right now. Like, I, I think for what they're, what they're going on, you know, you got the Koskin comments there – you know, yeah. I think less noise. Once they get some less noise, I think it'll be perfect. You know, like right now, but you know, we're not in that locker room, and you know, so I'm not like we're. You know, we'll never know what goes on in that locker room, and you know, that's and that's the one good thing about the game is that that locker room is is a sacred place. But I just don't think 
that it doesn't send the right message, especially with the potential of younger guys in this organization. The organization, trust me, is trending in the right direction. They got 100%. some young players. They got some really good young players, the Brobergs, the Holloways, the Bouchards, uh, the McLeods. Like, those guys are coming. Here's, here's why. And just to add to your comments, I interrupt you. I'm sorry. Here's why. You, you give an entitled kid, and that's what he is. That's how he's acting. You give an entitled kid this signing, he comes in thinking, I'm the savior. And now that ego is even more. How now, if we can, if, if the boys can control it and keep it subtle and subdued in the room, you're, 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 you're setting yourself up for success. But if, if you allow that ego and then that sense of entitlement to what well, you guys need me, where his mindset coming in is you guys need me and I'm going to, my shit don't stink. And cause that's how he acts, but he's never a lot of money at, in Vegas, like stuff like that. You just, you, you chalk it up to immaturity, but, but like, now, I mean, you're, he's 29, 30, 29. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I understand, I, yes, he can score goals. He can hit, he can fight, he can skate all that. Check, check, check. Hockey player on the ice, perfect. Um, but hey, like Jeff O'Neill says, you don't really hear many times people say "bad guy," "bad guy," right? And that's pretty. That's not a use. That's not a word used often in the NHL. Most like, you know, how many players have we've come across in our life that play in the NHL? A guy like that can do damage, and let's say he plays five games, and then he can do damage over. in five games. He can do damage in five games. A week, being two weeks around this team. Yeah. Who knows what this guy can do? That's why I don't like it. Yeah. But we'll just throw him on waivers if he sucks. Yeah, if but within asshole, that five days, he could go up to. I don't know. I'm just spitballing, but he could. You know, he could get in the head of some rookie or some one of the younger kids and go, what you should be playing way ahead of him, blah, blah, blah stuff like that. And I don't know him. I'm spitball. You know, I'm just throwing but shit. It's those him. things that you just, yeah. Yeah. It, you just, he seems like I played with guys like that. And a lot of people probably say I was that guy, but, but when I was younger, but I, I, I just, you, you get a sense of his personality, even through social media or outlets and all that. And you just, you worry about, what he can do within a week or a month or however long he's here. Hopefully he work. Hopefully it works out, but I don't know. I don't What's know. the latest on him? Have they even said other than them waiting uh, for a it was just like a, I think yesterday they just tweeted out, like Elliot tweeted out saying that they still got to go through the process or drag or whatever the insiders, like the NHL's not done their investigation. So until then it's, you know, still up in the air and, Nothing is uh, nothing is done. I'll, as I'm talking, I'll try to find the tweet. But there was a tweet yesterday about it. So it, uh, you know, <laughs> as of now, it's you know, it's a wait and see. And and hey, I hope I hope for the sake of the Oilers, for you know, uh, uh, the fans, everything. I hope it works out. I hope it's a Mac T feel good second chance story. But I don't know, man. It, That's he, fair. He just. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mac Tease was a one-off. Yeah, a dumb mistake. He, well, this guy hasn't murdered, hasn't killed anybody. Well, that's true. No, but like I, my thing with him is that he's never come out and admitted he's done something wrong. Like I, that's he hasn't said anything. Yeah, 
So like it's you know here's the light, latest tweet. Some rumblings about it about Evander Kane and the conclusion of the NHL investigation investigation COVID breach. Sources say the league is hopeful that we'll have a, some kind of ruling or some kind of hearing on it by the midweek. So hopefully, uh, hopefully by tomorrow, I guess it would be midweek. So so we'll go for. I say sign them, sign them up. It could already be signed. It's just not. Uh, yeah. filed with the NHL Century Registry yet. So from the sounds of it, when Stoffer talked about it on Smith and Chicklets, it kind of sounds like the deal's done, to be honest. So. Oh, really? I didn't listen to that interview. Yeah. So And then I talked to Stoff last week, and he kind of got mad at me. Thinking, oh, what are you talking about? Like, I was like, ah, I don't want to sign him. And he's like, ah, no, I, we, we should, uh, you know, give guys second chances and you know, they're obviously the organization's desperate, right? So, and right yeah. now they're, uh, he's desperate. Kane's desperate. Um, at the end of the day, it's see if it works out. I disagree with it, but you know, as a season ticket holder, I'm not fans with it. I talk to the people I deal with my season tickets on. I don't appreciate it. I don't think that's the right thing, the right message to send. And, um, you know, but that's up to them. Do you think, do you think they would lose season ticket holders over it? The lady I spoke to said I was about the tenth or twelfth person that has contacted her. Just she doesn't she deals with just a certain number of people, and she said yeah. I was the tenth person or twelfth person that has contacted her directly about it. So she's so oh, wow. all, she, all she could do is relay that message. I, honestly, yeah. she kind of bit back at me. She's like, "Hey, I don't make these decisions." I'm like, no, I understand the game. I know you don't make these decisions, but <laughs> this is where this is where my frustration is. And she's like, well, you're about the 10th or 12th person or whatever that's contacted me directly. And she covers a certain amount of people. And so everyone kind of covers, you know, their certain yeah. amount of people. So I don't know the whole like number of people have contacted them, but it doesn't sound when she says 10 to 12, there's probably a bigger number at that. And that yeah, was man. right. What that was like two weeks ago when everything was like, there that like, could be the know, straw, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, you know, they can't drink and eat. In the rain, yeah, yeah, that might have something to do. Yeah. yeah, I have no desire to. I have tickets. I have no desire to go and not be able to have a cocktail. Yeah, no, it's uh, not not normal. That's for sure. So. I love it because I'm I'm seeing stories of like people that aren't, you know, normally able to go to a game are now they're going to like two or three games and <laughs> people are just giving their tickets away. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a good story. Yeah, I just been giving mine away really at the end of the day. So. Couldn't even find anyone to take that game for Saturday night, though. I was uh, no one went Should to. It. Say? Yeah, yeah, couldn't because uh, you can't drink. Well, yeah. obviously, yeah, but you can go to the Studio Ninety Nine and have something, but you can't watch and eat at the same time. You just got to go up there. But yeah, it, and this is gonna be that's another fucking thing. Like anyway, whatever. Yeah, we're that's gonna, a, we're not gonna can get on that. It's fucking. What, what else are we like, talking about here? Um, well, I kind of did want to talk about this going on in Canada. I think it's a. Like, you know, Smith and Chicklets is talking about it. And Mr. Curfew's talking about it. Like, Shane O'Brien just tweeted. I was like, it's a fucking joke. Winnipeg, there's 250 fans at the games. Like, I think it's a joke. Like, it's... That's uh, half their capacity. <laughs> it's, cra- it's crazy that, you know, like, Montreal, for this foreseeable future, won't have fans at the games. And that's going to cause a problem where their coach isn't going to get fired. I'm not saying that should get fired. But, like, you know, the, like, Dom Ducharme hasn't worked out in Montreal. Like... You know, like Jeff Peachy looks like he forgot how to play hockey. Um, you know, so Montreal's in in a struggle right now. But teams can't make these decisions because they're affected what's happening in Canada. And like, you know, Brad Marchand's good for the game, and you know he's kind of been vocal on Instagram and Twitter lately. And 
and I think that's good. But, you know, like this is hurting the players even more. These fans not allowed in, in Canadian Canadian rinks is going to set the NHL back further and further and further and growing the game, you know. So, like, where you're going to see where I hate it, teams are going to have to trade good players just to get rid of them, you know, like because they're not going to be able to – cap's not going to go up. And, you know, you're going to – good teams like Winnipeg – that had drafted and developed really good are going to have to start trading. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Winnipeg has to trade like Nick Ehlers or, or Connor or, or uh, you know, or Shifley or something like that just to make ends meet to resign guys because the problem with this is the cap doesn't grow, isn't going to grow. And, you know, when the Leafs are losing like almost $4 million a game, uh, you know, that, that hurts. You know, Montreal loses almost like $5 million a game. The Oilers, I think, lose almost like two, I think it's like $2.2 million a game. You know, with not having a lot of money. Yeah, it's you know that, that in my opinion that that hurts the game from growing because the as the more escrow the players got to pay, then you know the longer they're in debt with the NHL and and it's just not fun watching a game where there's no fans. You know, it doesn't doesn't feel right. And it's uh, in it and and I think in Canada we need to figure this out, but we're not going to because we keep on letting someone run our country that. You know, we look like idiots at the end of the day. Like Tyler's like Jeff O'Neill said, he's like, he's like, we're either really smart or we're really fucking stupid. So we'll figure it out <laughs> here. So, but right now we look like fucking idiots. So, but, you know well, what's crazy about it all is yeah. what have we done to like what's the what's our government's plan? We're gonna lock it down. Okay, that didn't work. We're not gonna lock it in Alberta. It is. We're not gonna lock it down now. We're gonna put on masks. We're going to quarantine for 10 days. No, five days, but then you got to wear a mask for another five days. No, 14 days. Isolate and get our shots. That's what we've come up with in two years. Yeah. And none of it has worked. And we haven't built one uh, add-on to hospitals or we haven't built any ICUs, haven't upgraded any of the... No. Anyway, I... Yeah. That's the biggest well, issue. And, right? like, and whatever it is. Look, like, at the end of the day. People like it or people hate them, whatever. At the end of the day, it's yeah. just like it. you, you got to just figure out, like, we got to get through this. And, you know, like, we we just, we don't. Like, look, I, where I work, everything we go and eat is a buffet now. Like, we're in a buffet in a pandemic. So, like, when we go eat and go grab our food, instead of having before Christmas, someone was behind the counter giving us our food. I want that. I want that. I want that. Now we walk up and we we got to serve our own food, and, and you forgot how to. Well, like yeah. no, it's just like well, you're you doing. Know. You're touching yeah, yeah, the same yeah. thing that yeah. ten other people, twenty other people, thirty other people touched. And you know, I'm grateful yeah. to have a job, but it's like you yeah. kind of wonder what's going on. You know, like we're you're in this like pandemic and you know we're just it's like brody said like it's like okay well it's 14 days no it's five it's 10 it's this it's just it's just tough like you just well, i i i was hoping play. more nhl players would come out well look at what justin falk said he didn't want to come yeah. to canada you know yeah. same with defenseman yeah. like and then elliot said on his podcast today a top player in the and it affects us like whatever people want to say it affects it one top player told and elliot he's not going to name his name but he's like, he's a UFA and he he's probably going to get traded. But he's like, he told his agent, don't trade me to Canada, not going to Canada. So that's going to wow. be a deadline. That's going to affect free agency. Justin Falk said, just can't, I don't want to go to Canada, whatever his comments were, right? Like, it's just like that. And that's fair. 
understand. 100%, 100% it's fair, you know, and that's, it ties into what we're talking about. It's a hawk. We're a hockey podcast that is being affected. What's happening here in Canada will affect our game and people don't want to come here. You know, so it's uh, you either really got to overpay if you want to come play in Canada. People or you... that live here don't want to be. Well, that too. That's <laughs> yeah. Thing, but, um, yeah it's right just, now. You know, and obviously you got the truckers convoy going Love on. It. And, you know, Sean Avery's very uh, tweeting. Drive right through yeah. ca- that yeah. legislator. Yeah, but you know, it's just, you know, you, there's things like that. It's just, it's, uh, and I understand people are on this side, people are on that side, but at the end of the day, you know, we just haven't gotten through it, and uh, we're two. Let's years get through it, there. and then let's get back to normal, where we can have normal debates. Yeah. Whether you believe in that, believe in it, let's just we'll get back to having normal. Yeah. Debates. And I, I'm happy let's that just quit hating. Yeah, and I'm happy to see that they're not going to test NHL players after the All Star game. Yeah. Very symptomatic, so there's some light there where these teams like it, like you know, the NHL's. Uh, you know, you're seeing some nights you're watching games, and you're like. There's Brody's line again. That's just a dude. And they're like, literally, that is just a dude. He's only playing because his team got 10 players in COVID. And that guy is just a dude. So how about the back? How about the starting goalie for the Canucks tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Just He's a- their AHL backup. I would have heard. I'm like, oh, I got, yeah. I got a buddy who texts me. Uh, it was Saturday or Sunday, whenever uh, Vancouver played uh, St. Louis. Was it St. Louis they played Sunday? Yeah. And he goes, look at Spencer Martin. He playing 10 minutes first game and he looks better than Koskin. And I'm like, oh, you fuck. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You know what? 